The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Tech Check Plus live stream. I'm Deirdre Boza, and we're trying out a new format here. You might notice that the sound is a little better. Our uh, wonderful team at San Francisco has sorted this all out for us. And Dan Ritzek, you are our first guest for this new format. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to be here. So today we are talking about real estate in the metaverse. You run a company that builds the mortgages for them. We have so many questions, but I also <clears> want to say just to kick this off, um, for for our viewers out there, please ask questions. We have a few people monitoring them, whether that's on Twitter or YouTube. I'm sure that there's a lot because I have a lot of questions, Dan. Why don't I let you start? Really basic. What is the metaverse? What is property in the metaverse? Why would anyone want that? Yeah, okay. So uh, so Terra Zero is, mortgages is just one thing that we do. Um, you know, in the early days of the internet, it was pretty basic. There were, there were simple websites, static web pages, um, things like Yahoo and AOL, and then came web two and web two was essentially the proliferation of social media and, you know, companies like Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, they enabled more interactivity and they provided a platform for people to share their opinions or, or talk about things, um, you know, good and bad. And, and unfortunately, it also led to the erosion of privacy and the, you know, massive, the gathering of massive amounts of data on people. In response to that, Web3 has emerged. And essentially what it is, is it's the decentralization of the internet as we know it today. Um, people will have more control over their data, more control over their privacy. Uh, it'll be a more immersive experience. So at Terra Zero, what we like to say is we like to say that, you know, with today's internet, we consume content, but with tomorrow's metaverse, we experience that content. Okay, so moving on from that, let's talk about real estate in the metaverse. It takes a little bit to get your head around that land yeah. can actually be finite and that there's a few sort of central developers. How does that work? Yeah, so there's two different kinds of metaverse, essentially. There's centralized metaverses, um, and then there's decentralized. And you know, my previous company was was a very large blockchain company. Um, we, you know, we had one of the largest Bitcoin mining uh, facilities in North America. And during my time there, you know, we tried to develop different kinds of use cases for blockchain. We worked with you know Fortune 100 tech companies, tried to build supply chain management platforms, all using blockchain. And you know what we found, and, and a lot of other people found, was that we were trying to create solutions for problems that didn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. And so when I left that company and someone exposed me to the metaverse, I realized that the decentralized metaverse, every piece of land, every avatar, every wearable, every building, every concert venue, they're really just an NFT mm -hmm. that is secured on a blockchain, uh, which makes it all work in a decentralized environment. And that's when I realized that the next use case for blockchain was going to be the metaverse. Okay, and there's four different platforms. We were talking about this today on CNBC on our show. 
Um, and that would be Sandbox, Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, and Somnium. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Somnium? Yeah, right. Okay, so four central platforms um, that are selling, I guess, virtual land. That land is fixed at, say, 100,000 parcels or whatever yeah. it is. How do we know that these are going to be the same four platforms a year, five years, mm -hmm. 10 years from now? Because we're still very, very early in this. Yeah, it's very early. Um, you may want to know why do you need land? Well, in order to do anything inside the metaverse, yeah. if you want to build, if you want to hold a concert or you want to have a retail store, just like in the real world, you need virtual real estate. So, so that's why you need land. Um, in my personal opinion, uh, each one of those has a different use case. So Decentraland is much more of a social type of environment. It's almost like the real world inside the metaverse. A sandbox is more of a gaming platform. Mm. Um, and I think that there's going to be tens, if not hundreds of different metaverse worlds. Um, and which ones you know, are, are gonna be the leaders, we don't know. Uh, but what we do know is as a company, yes, we own land in all of the four that you've just mentioned, but right. we're actually building the tools that bridge the real world with the metaverse, um, if that makes any sense. The mortgages for the metaverse, that's what you're, yeah. that's what you're, you're actually giving users the tools to buy these parcels, right, or mortgage them. But you said, you know, if there's going to be hundreds of thousands of different metaverse platforms, um, and we're still early on, how do you sort of assign value, I guess? Right now, sort of, if you think yeah. if there's only four major ones, okay, you can understand how there's some scarcity, but, you know, and when we talk about NFTs, you go back to sort of collectible trading cards. There was the junk wax era when, you know, the the card producers just started flooding the market with supply. How do you yeah. avoid that in the metaverse? And well, you know, there's, there's, um, I have to go back to crypto. So there's thousands and thousands of cryptocurrencies, the vast majority of which are useless. Um, but you also have the key ones. So the Bitcoins, Ethereum, yeah. uh, these types of, of coins. And I think you're going to see the same thing in the metaverse where there will be lots, but there will be some that sort of rise above the others. And yeah. some of those early adopters are going to be key to that. Well, people have lost a lot. They've made a lot of money and they've lost a lot of money and everything still needs to be shaken out in some of these smaller cryptocurrencies. Um, how are you sort of advising your customers in what, which metaverse platforms to get involved with, right? There's, we've seen this with NFTs as well. There's a lot of yeah. useless stuff out there, a lot of junk. Yeah, no, you know, we have Fortune 500 companies right now that, that we're helping to move into the metaverse. Because remember, you know, first there was, there was retail storefronts and then there was the internet and e-commerce. So they had a second way to generate revenue and to reach their customers. What we're seeing now is the emergence of an entirely new economy. Um, I think that, you know, at this present time for brands, for artists, for things like that. And when I say artists, I primarily mean music artists. Decentraland seems to be taking the lead. It's okay. one of the easiest yeah. ones to build in. It has some of the most traffic. Um, but, you know, you're going to see worlds. What's, what's really interesting is we, we call the, met the metaverse is the whole thing. Um, but each one of these is a world within the metaverse. And so you're going to see metaverses that are specific to gaming, that are specific to sports, some that are specific to shopping. Uh, and then you're going to have some, believe it or not, that are specific to office environments where it's right. going to look like downtown Manhattan. You walk into your office and you go and meet each other in the boardroom. 
And it raises the question, and, and I know this has been written about as well, that perhaps some of the biggest opportunity is in commercial spaces and commercial land in these different metaverses. I just, I want to focus on Decentraland because you said that this was sort of the leader. It imitates real life a little bit. It's gaining a lot of attention. Mm. Um, who runs, who created Decentraland? How does it work? How does it have yeah. funding? It was created almost like a new cryptocurrency is created. So there's there's a there's a decentralized autonomous authority essentially, or a DAO, and every piece of land that someone owns, every piece of the crypto. You see, inside the metaverse, we use certain crypto to conduct business, to conduct commerce. Um, it isn't necessarily relevant to the price of crypto. It's just the way it's it's we're able to buy and sell goods and services. Um, so essentially, um, you know, what's, what's going to be the leader, um, in terms of the, 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 uh, the leadership role, there is no leader in terms of a CEO. There's no company that, that runs it. There's no company that says, this is the functionality we're going to have. This is what we're going to allow and what we're not going to allow. What happens is the I mean community. Sorry? That's that's the promise, right? That's the promise yeah. of Web3 and Web3 companies, but there's always an investor behind it. There's always someone who can turn it off or turn it on, right? So, I mean, where does the Decentraland mm -hmm. funding come from? How do you sort of trace it back? Well, Decentraland funding came from the initial issuance of their token. Um, and so, and that helped build the, the engineering and everything else. Um, but the land itself, there's 92,000 parcels. And it's it's very similar to how Bitcoin was built, where it's deflationary. There could never be any more. In a centralized metaverse, which would be owned by a corporation, for example, um, they can add more land or more assets. And mm -hmm. you know, that's something that we steer away from. But getting back to your question, you know, Bitcoin is a good example. It's been around for you know almost 14 years now. And there's no single you know, whale or controller. There was at the beginning, but over time it dissipates, the ownership dissipates. And the same thing is going to happen in the metaverse where that ownership dissipates. So how do you know then that, and it, obviously what we're talking about, Bitcoin itself is worth what its community believes it to be worth. How do we know that Decentraland or one of the others is not the Netscape, but you know the, the Google of the metaverse? How do we know, how should people who maybe want to take part judge in whether this is sort of the real thing or too early? I think I think the first mover advantage is always huge. Um, you know, how do we ascribe value? It wasn't to the any... case for search engines, though. It wasn't the case for search engines. You're right, but Google's or a even the, you know even the smartphone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But in the in the in the in the sense of crypto, Bitcoin was the first, and it is absolutely the dominant one. Um, so I think that you're, it's a similar community, by you know, the way. Some, some people call Bitcoin boomer coin now, and they prefer. You know, there's a huge debate, as you're well aware, going on. That Ethereum is still too early to tell if it's the Google or the Netscape, right? Well, yeah, it's too early, and it's too early to say whether Decentraland. I don't work for Decentraland. It's one of the worlds we work within. Yeah. But I think that there's something else that we should touch on, and you know what's really going to make the metaverse come together when you've got you know multiple worlds that all have different functionality, and you own certain things within each world. What we need is interoperability between the worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of smart people working on that to ensure that we've got interoperability and essentially you can cross chains um, and take your avatar from, from one world into another world. But getting back to ascribing value, um, you know, everything 
is is what someone is willing to pay for it. This this land that I'm on right now, it's the same thing. Um, it, if Decentraland or any of the others gain the critical mass of users, then the brands and the advertisers and the companies and the retailers, um, they do well. The consumers do well because they've got great experiences to enjoy within that metaverse. And I think that that's really the key thing here is that we're seeing the most development from an organic. And I think it's important to, to, to have organic growth. Um, you know, small businesses, entrepreneurs building their own events and experiences within the world. Um, I think you're going to see the, uh, uh, the adoption come rapidly. So I want to talk a bit about your business. I know we talked about the different developers, but you're sort of developer or platform or world agnostic, right? Is, is yes. that correct? You can sell yes. mortgages across any platform. And, and yes. And, and mortgages is, is one part of our business. And I'll tell you why that happened. I mean, the, the main focus of the company is actually something called, called Amadea. And Amadea.com is launching soon. And what it is, is it, it, it provides the tools and the mechanisms for business owners, entrepreneurs, corporations, advertisers to get themselves into the metaverse easily. They can find land, they can rent land, they can lease land, they can get mortgages, they can buy buildings, everything like that, and then start taking advantage of this new economy. Right, so you're you're kind of like a platform for buyers. In We're terms a platform of land, right? to bridge the real world with the virtual world. So you're kind of like the Coinbase of metaverse property. Is that fair? That that would be that would be a, a, a good comparison. So is are you selecting which metaverse worlds that you will list on your platform? Are there some that you look at and you think? no, we're not going to allow this. We're not going to sell land in this world because it's sketchy or it's a scam. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll definitely, so far we haven't come across that. Um, but just like everything else, when it comes How to How many worlds do you offer? Am I calling it the right thing? Worlds or platforms? Worlds, metaverse worlds is, is, the, okay. is the right term. Okay. Um, so, so how many metaverse worlds do you offer on your platform? Right now there's four, um, the same four that you named. Okay, um, got there it. will be others that pop up. And, hmm. you know, we hear about, we see white papers from different groups that are trying to build a different kind of world that has a certain kind of functionality or a certain use case. Um, we'll look at those as, as they come along and decide whether or not they make sense for our brand and for our customers. Do you have standards? Are you building sort of an ethos or a list of standards where you will or won't list certain metaverse worlds? Yeah, I mean, it's something that, that we're working on as, as we speak. Um, it's not something that is complete. And it's something that is, um, it's living. It will it'll never be complete because right. something will pop up that we didn't even expect. And, and, and that's just the way technology is. Okay, so, so someone comes to you and says, I want to buy some land in the metaverse. What do you tell them about the risks of doing so? Well, you know, regulation isn't in the metaverse yet. Um, it's coming, and we would certainly like to be at the forefront of that movement. Um, in terms of the risks, I, I want to really make this very clear, is that we're not simply providing capital for people to speculate on digital assets. So when someone wants to get a mortgage, for example, they, you know, we learn, it's just like the real You're world. You're not we, speculating on digital assets? You're buying land in the metaverse? You're buying land in order to build your business in the metaverse, whether you're building your storefront, your theme park, your but game. But you're hoping the value goes up or you're making money off of that thing you buy. So it has, it's speculative by nature, is it not? It, it's a means to an end. I mean, you have to have the land in order to build the game. 
um, and hope that people come and play your game, which is how you earn your money. Or you have to have the land. If you're Nike, and Nike and Adidas are in the metaverse right now, um, if you're Nike, you have to have land in order to build your retail storefront. Yeah. So the land is just, it, it just, it, it's part of the, the, the process. It's, but yes, of course it's speculative. Just like when I buy in Vancouver, mm-hmm. that's very speculative too. <laughs> um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's very important that, you know, this is not about providing mass amounts of, of loans for people to speculate on digital assets. It's about creating the tools in the real world, if I'm a small business or I'm an entrepreneur, I go to the bank and the bank says, what, what do you need? I say, I need a loan. This is my business idea. This is who I am. Uh, and they say, yes, that seems viable. We'll give you your loan. We do exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes to us, they say, hey, I've got an idea for a cool game or I've got an idea for these events that I want to hold every week and, and bring these artists in and, and I need a loan. And we look at it, we say, okay, who's the person or the company behind it? We, we decide, is this a viable business in the metaverse? And then we provide the loan. Now we hold the, oh, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt, but we hold the NFT until the loan is paid off, but oh. the client has the development rights to use the land however they see fit. So where does that capital come from? Is that coming from your company or are you working with a bank? Right now it comes from our company. We're well-financed, um, but, you know, we have talked to a couple of banks um, that are very interested in working on this on on uh, on building this out a little further. Now, those banks are not your. Well, sorry, just to go back, what does well finance mean? Are you talking like I just wonder? You're essentially investing in startups that want to develop in the metaverse. Okay, perfect. That's exactly that's exactly what we're doing. We're investing so, in the fact. So you're that kind of like an incubator stuff. in a sense as well. You're calling in, them more but we're, these are sort of investments in instead of equity, you're getting NFTs. Um, how much money do you have to invest? Because this is, we, we've reported on this a ton. There are billions and billions of dollars going into Web3, into the metaverse yeah. right now. You've got uh, Facebook, now Meta, spending $10 billion. So mm. How much capital do you have? So so we did a, a private round. Um, my last company, just to sort of give you an idea of, of, of our capabilities, my last company I raised $130 million for. Um, so we have the ability, we have the bankers, um, you know, and, and by the way, these loans, we're not loaning people hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're loaning them, you know, ten to $15,000 for a piece of land. Um, yeah. So, so with that, I know, but okay, so you're tens of thousands of dollars. If there's four platforms and luxury goods companies are looking at them, all of these different developers, Microsoft just acquired Activision Blizzard for north of $60 billion. Can they really, I mean, can they compete? Or is this just going to all be eaten up by sort of the big guys? Or is the idea that they would eventually sell to the bigger guys that would eventually come in here? Well, I think I think one of the reasons I find Decentraland intriguing um, is because it's very organic. It is a lot of entrepreneurs. It's a lot of developers and programmers that build their own scenes in the, in, in the world. Um, you know, these, these big moves by Microsoft and Facebook, a lot of that is... is a, around gaming and immersive gaming, um, not necessarily a second world or a virtual uh, I world. Would, I, I mean, you think about a Microsoft though, that has LinkedIn and Teams and now has the gaming side of it, you could argue that they're best positioned. And I guess that leads to the question, yeah. what if it's Microsoft and Facebook that is buying up all the land in the, meta, in, in the metaverse world, Decentraland as an example, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an interesting topic. I have no idea what Facebook's plans are when they change their name to, to, to Meta and what they're creating in terms of a metaverse, but they have 
resources beyond any of us, and so does Microsoft. Um, but you know, what I fear is that they're going to create centralized metaverses where Microsoft controls what happens within that metaverse, or Facebook is collecting data on all of your movements within that metaverse. That is that is the antithesis of what Web three is but, all about. But that's why Web two came about because there needed to be, and you talked about regulation. There needed to be yeah. some rules of the road, and you know you hear stories about metaverse worlds preying on people's you know worst instincts. So there's that. Anyways, we we are going into now a conversation that could probably keep us talking for another few. No, hours. this is great, by the way. I know. You know, we'll we'll have to do this again. Um, Absolutely. And I'll get an update. We're running out of time now, but. It was so wonderful to talk to you, Dan. And uh, we'll do we'll we'll talk more offline for sure. And we'll come back. I'd love to come back a few months from now to see what these prices are and what's happened, yeah. what gets what shakes out here. We'll see. Um, so thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Take care. Okay, take care, Bye -bye. everyone. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.